Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents from around the world. I'm Xiji. Coming up in this edition, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu has reappeared for the first time since a deal to end the Wagner Group mutiny. World leaders arrive in China ahead of the start of the summer doubles in Tianjin. And Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis has won a second term after a landslide election victory. We begin in Europe. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu has reappeared for the first time since a deal to end what authorities called an armed mutiny by the Wagner Group. A defense ministry TV channel showed Shoigu in a meeting with military officials, with a report saying he received an update on the current situation on the front lines in Ukraine. Yevgeny Prigozhin led Wagner fighters to the Southern Army Military Command Center, demanding Shoigu and the chief of general staff Valery Grisamov to meet him. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko eventually brokered a deal after the group started moving towards Moscow. They agreed to return to their bases, while the Russian authorities withdrew all criminal charges against them and allowed Prigozhin to go to Belarus. Dasha Chinesheva reports that the situation remains calm in Russia following the developments over the weekend. We understand that the Wagner forces have left the territories they have captured before uh, the well, the military sites. They have been under their control. This is Rostov-on-Don. Prigozhin was last seen on Saturday in Rostov-on-Don, leaving the military sites, the headquarters of the Southern Military District, by car. But his whereabouts remain unknown. Speaking about the security situation in Russia, we understand that it is getting back to normal, but Monday is still a non-working day for many Moscovites after the decree by the Moscow mayor Sergei Sabin. At the same time, the Russian lawmakers are now starting to think about the way to regulate the private military groups. And the head of Russia's Duma Defense Committee, Andrei Kartapolov, has said that he was working on a law to regulate private military companies and emphasized it will be not necessarily outlawing the group of Wagner mercenaries. So now we understand the fighters of the Wagner Group will be offered to sign contracts with Russia's Ministry of Defense, but this legislation is now in the making. That was Dasha Chinsheva reporting from Moscow. The leader of the conservative New Democracy Party in Greece has secured another four-year term as prime minister. Kyriakos Mitsotakis' party claimed a landslide victory in Sunday's election, giving it a comfortable majority. The New Democracy Party won the election in May, but fell short of a clear majority, causing Mitsotakis to call a new election seeking a clear mandate. Evangelos Sipsis reports from Athens. Well, it is official. The leader of the conservative New Democracy Party, Kiriakos Mitsotakis, is Greece's next prime minister. In a landslide victory over Sunday's elections, the 55-year-old collected 40 to 41 percent of the votes, leaving behind him his opposition party leader Alexis Tsipras with 20 points. This corresponds to about 158 seats in the parliament, giving him a majority government from a single 
party. It's the first time since 1974 that this has such a big of a difference between number one and number two. This would allow now Kyriakos Mitsotakis for a second term uh, ruling the country. Now, what does this mean, though, for the opposition party? Well, it means, if you ask them, a less prosperity uh, country and a country with less financial gaining. Well, if you do ask, though, people here from the New Democracy Party voters, what they will tell you is another four years of stability and four years of growth. Now, if we see, though, the markets, that corresponds to stability in the markets as bonds have increased and the country is almost one step just before the investment grade. That was Evangelos Sipsis reporting in Athens. Moving to Asia, several world leaders are in China on official visits ahead of the start of the annual meeting of the new champions of the World Economic Forum, or better known as the Summer Davos, on Tuesday. Leaders from Barbados, Vietnam, Sri Lanka and New Zealand have been meeting the top Chinese leadership in Beijing. They're expected to travel to Tianjin to join more than 15,000 leaders in the public and private sectors for this year's Summer Davos. Chen Chunying looks at what to expect from the three-day meeting. The three-day event will focus on reinvigorating innovation and entrepreneurship in Asia and around the world. And one of the biggest highlights is, of course, that Chinese Premier Li Qiang will make his remarks uh, at the opening ceremony of the forum, which is going to be chaired by World Economic Forum Chairman Klaus Schwab. And Prime Ministers from Barbados, Mongolia, New Zealand and Vietnam will also attend the ceremony. And uh, in addition to that, over 1,000 1,500 global leaders, uh, innovators from business, government, civil society, uh, international organizations and academics will join in a large number of panel discussions uh, to explore paths toward economic recovery and sustainable development during the forum. And some of the major topics on the agenda include, um, you know, future trends in technology, sustainability and society emerging from Asia, and also how to enhance uh, financial stability amid a volatile microeconomic and geopolitical landscape, and how to improve the carbon markets to facilitate a more cost-effective journey to net zero. That was Chen Chunying reporting. Monday, June 26th, marks the International Day Against Drug Abuse and Illicit Trafficking. The day was created to strengthen action and cooperation in a fight against drug abuse. Yang Jinhao reports on China's anti-drug campaign. Police officers scrutinized a full truckload of onions before they discovered something unusual inside the vegetables. Heroin. More than 22 kilograms of the drug were hidden inside some 2,000 onions. Our eyes were extremely irritated. When we unloaded all the goods, we found those problematic onions were first cut open and then glued back together. This happened at the Mengyan border checkpoint in southwest China's Baoshan city, about 350 kilometers from the so-called Golden Triangle region notorious for its opium production and trafficking. Since its establishment in 2009, the checkpoint has detected and seized over four tons of various illicit drugs. We've detected more than 400 means of concealing drugs. What are displayed here are just some of them. As you can see, the drugs can be put inside a screw, eggs, and even walnuts. It's a challenging mission. 
Police officers encounter an average of 7,000 vehicles and 14,000 people every day. Officers say it's sometimes a test of physical strength with traffickers, but more often a battle of wits and courage. Shu Jiantao recalls one experience when his unit had to hunt down and detain an escaping criminal. When we held him down to the ground and checked his body, we found he was holding a gun with him. Then there are times that test officers' sense of humanity. At a time when I controlled a suspect, a little girl came over and held my legs while crying, asking me to free her mother. I had mixed feelings at that moment, but I told myself that nothing can be an excuse to commit a crime. The police say, despite the challenges, they will continue to work hard with the spirit of utter devotion, and take advantage of modern technologies to facilitate the investigation work. That's Yang Jinghao on China's anti-drug campaign. And finally, in Africa, fighting in Sudan has entered its 11th week with clashes and artillery fire in Khartoum and the surrounding cities over the weekend. These developments come as the United States adjourned peace talks in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Meantime, conflict and mass displacement in Sudan have disrupted crucial day-to-day -day supplies of cooking oil, mineral water, and health products. The demand for basic goods has surged even further following the destruction of Khartoum's main factories, creating a new market for imports. Naba Muhyiddin has more. A new market has opened up across Sudan for goods from outside the country. Supermarket shelves are now filled with products from Ethiopia and Egypt, filling a gap Sudan itself can't fill. Trade with neighboring countries is very useful. Most of it is goods which used to be manufactured in Khartoum, including oil, flour, and soft drinks. This new trade has achieved an abundance of supply, and the market has no shortage of any of these goods. Trade routes have been blocked since mid-April because of the conflict, and that resulted in a scarcity of commodities. Khartoum was a business hub for all industries and sectors across the country. Sudan's main industrial centers were close to the capital itself. Areas which are now battlegrounds. The market stopped after April's war, and all trade routes were blocked. Now the market is flourishing, and we also trade in other states. It's a new chance. Sudan's conflict has entered its third month, without any signs of ending soon. Experts believe that border trade will continue to increase, and reliance on imported goods will remain if the war in Sudan prolonged. That was Naba Muhyiddin reporting. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi has officially extended an invitation to Egyptian President Abdul Fattah al-Sisi to attend the G20 summit in New Delhi. Modi offered the invitation during his two-day official visit to Egypt. This was the first visit to the North African country by an Indian Prime Minister since 1997. Indian and Egyptian officials discussed plans to boost trade, investment, and military cooperation between the two countries. Abdel Al Marouki has more. A grand reception in Cairo, hosted by the Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, to welcome Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, who is on an official visit to Egypt. The two leaders signed an agreement to upgrade ties between the two countries to a strategic partnership. President Sisi also confirmed Egypt's highest state honor, called the Order of the Nile. On Prime Minister Modi.
As the rising global power and the fifth biggest economy in the world, India has benefits to offer Egypt. At the same time, Egypt is one of the strongest growing economies in the Middle East and Africa and can give India increased access to these regions. The two countries aim to boost trade and coordination to engage with regional and global crises. This supports the natural upgrade of their ties to a strategic partnership. Moody and Egyptian Prime Minister Mustafa Madbouli held talks where they expressed their desires to deepen bilateral ties and boost cooperation in all fields. The two prime ministers announced plans to increase trade volumes between their countries to reach 12 billion US dollars within the next five years, up from 7.26 billion in 2022. Like many European countries have done, India sees huge potential in Egypt to produce renewable energy. Cairo is seeking to become a regional power hub which will serve international power needs. India is very keen to invest in that and become part of the huge potential. Moody also discussed possible opportunities for India to invest in the Suez Canal economic zone. The two leaders said future cooperation between their countries will expand to include fields like education, telecommunication, information technology, pharmaceutical industries and tourism. To boost connectivity between Egypt and India, Narendra's meeting unravel plans for Egypt's national carrier, Egypt Air, to soon launch direct flights between Cairo and New Delhi. That's in addition to existing flights to Mumbai. As step leaders from both countries say, will help to facilitate their ambitions to expand ties further. That's Abdel El Marouki reporting from Cairo. Before we go, let's recap on today's top stories. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu has reappeared for the first time since a deal to end the Wagner Group mutiny. World leaders are in China for the summer Davos in Tianjin. And Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis has won a second term after a landslide election victory. And that concludes this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Qi Zhi. Thank you for listening.